So we're back. We realized after just sort of impromptu putting together, sitting down and talking last week, that we haven't actually discussed why there was a big gap in this podcast coming out, what's been happening at this place, what you're up to. It's been like a weird nebulous time for Sales Sniper because like Seventh Level became such a beast behemoth of a thing. And like Sales Sniper became cost benefit thing where it was like, Jesus, is it really worth putting all this effort and energy into and this thing over here is bigger and more profitable. And so, you know, from there we sort of changed focus and we downscaled Sniper to like, we just got rid of all the clients that weren't really profitable. And then we're just going to do it for people that can provide really good leads and have a really good system and like no more new businesses and no businesses that have had ads off for three or six months. We were sort of in a position where I was like, hey, like we don't really need it. And a lot of the staff at Sales Sniper were sort of retasked to do stuff at 7th. When I was here, it was getting sort of difficult to distinguish the two, right? Like Mm. it was kind of people were doing roles for both we're still kind of detangling them you know what i mean so like we sort of did a bit of a final detangle this week of like kind of like that but figuring out like what does sales sniper do and what does seventh level do and like you know how do we not kind of things up by like when you intertwine them like it makes both businesses a little bit more anemic Mm -hmm. in the beginning what happened was like i was doing the sales for seventh myself and then i kind of I was also doing sales for other clients. I think it was like December of 2021. I kind of like stopped doing sales full time and then started running the businesses. And that's where I started growing both of them. And then from there, it was like basically Sales Sniper kind of acted as like the infrastructure of 7th Level and kind of subsidized its growth. Essentially, is what really happened. For lack of a better term, there wasn't much money going for it, but it was like all the people that were working over here were also working over here, right? And like not getting paid for by them. And then from there, it kind of ended up sort of switching, not not switching over, but like we sort of, I, I took a, a large chunk of the business and then put it into 7th Level. 7th Level could grow independently. But then, like, that kind of made Sales Sniper a bit more anemic because, like, you know, I just I took a chunk of things out and people out and didn't really, like, replace them and stuff like that. And so sort of looked at it and was like, you know, what is Sales Sniper? You know, it's a really good done-for-you sales agency, like, because I know how to do it and Mark knows how to do it and stuff like that. And, and But, like, if we're really focused over here, like, what are we really doing? So really we just nuked it down to, like, three or four clients, right? right? And then, you know, I was like, well... As seventh level got a bit more, okay, cool, like everything's working really well. It's on a nice growth path. There's lots of people in there. It's like, is there an opportunity now to grow it again, but the right way? Because the way that we did it initially was like every client on the fucking planet. Like we had like 50 clients. It was madness. You know, like it was like there's no sales agency that's gotten to that level. And I I can see why. Mm -hmm. It was just a really bad idea. So um, just too many clients? Too many, man. It's mental. Yeah. Like, because the moment you sort of add that level of client, you add so much operational complexity in the business, and you have to have so many people. And, like, those, it's such a high-risk proposition of a business that, like, you have a bad couple of months, or, like, you know, a couple of your key accounts, ad accounts go down, and you're fucked. Yeah. Like, you got to pay these people. Yeah. You know? And so that, you either end up with, like, just nuking everybody or... So let me see if I understand correctly, because you're building, you took on so many accounts, had so many people, and when things are going great, it's awesome, but because you have to uh, feed so many leads or deal with so many leads from so many different accounts, you put on a lot of different staff, 
that you need managers that manage managers that manage. Yeah. And those people aren't making you money. Yeah. And you're on the hook for those people. Yeah. You have to pay them, they're at salaries, whatever. But you're not necessarily always in control yeah. of making enough money or having enough leads or whatever to actually facilitate them doing work that makes enough money for the yeah and then what happened is we're like okay cool we'll become good at marketing so then we're like let's start our own marketing company and we got a marketing company up to 300 grand a month in 21 days yeah right not 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 like not bad right but then we were like because we were the sales guys and we were like yeah we'll do your ads too like even when it worked the bills they were paying were so astronomical yeah that like we were, you know, we were taking 25% and 20 grand a month plus the, you know, the other few things. So like some of the clients are paying us 400 grand a month. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money to pay one person, even if they are doing all the work mm-hmm. to get it and doing a good job and all that kind of stuff. Like it starts to eat away at the relationship, no matter how good a job you do, unless they have a real big picture view of it, which is, isn't that common. Mm-hmm. You know, there was one uh, client that we had, uh, Yield Farming which was their crypto account. Like, I still got a good relationship with them. Like, really nice guys. But we had a 22 times return of ad spend. Like, and so we weren't doing the marketing on that. that we are doing the sales. That's outrageous. Outrageous. What's, like, what would you look at normally and go, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Five. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be like, yeah, well done, nice. Five to one, you're going, yeah. hey. At a, at a business job. of that size, like, we got them from zero to three million a month in six months, right? No, I say we, but, like, I facilitated the sales, right? Um, but we had 15 full-time guys in there. Yeah, you know, but I architected that system, so I I managed that account. Um, I, I I architected it, and then from there we had like you know we had a person doing the day to day and stuff like that. But like it was a real system, and I was like, oh sweet, we can leverage this. And we started off selling it for eight grand. I ended up selling for twenty five grand. Right, right. So we we figured out a few things, and we had a really efficient system. Um, and so, but they were paying us twenty five percent or twenty two percent, whatever it was, right? And they can play a closer eight percent. And then a manager, a 1% override and 100 grand a year. And the guy's happy as Larry. So when they started paying us $350,000 a month in commission, they started building an internal team. Now, I knew they were doing it. Yeah. And I was like, good luck. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to beat my guys. But I was like, they will figure out a system to match the profit, though. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I knew that it was a bit of a ticking clock. And so... Um, I guess that's part of the issue when you're doing everything for someone. It's kind of happening within a black box that they can't see. Well, they should have, though, but I wasn't good at the... Like, it's, it's funny, right? Like, I sort of figured out what I did wrong with a few of those things. And I got a, a mate of mine, you know, Max, right? And he, he, did, he has, like, is, a, like, a SaaS sales guy, like, mm-hmm. working for Microsoft and all those kind of companies. So a lot of that's, like, account management to, like, hold the account. And what he kind of explained to me was, like, yeah, like, they... Like, accounts, like, you need to tell them all the things you fix for them every day. Right. Right? Like, so it's not just about... So they can see in that box. Like, they should be terrified of you leaving, and they shouldn't want to take a shit without asking you. Yeah. Right? And so, like, we just fixed stuff and just did stuff, which meant that, like, they just assumed their marketing was awesome. Right. Right? Now, when they tried to build their internal team, they were paying them 8%. And my guy, we're paying 22 Right? So, but it took them, like six months to figure out how to just match us in terms of profit they were like how are you doing it you know i was like well pay me money like i'll tell you we can we can do a handover if you'd like like we can facilitate this transition like yeah i actually learned a lot from doing that because like from there like i started like pre preempting the transition because as soon as they get to a couple million dollars a month like 
they're just too big for an external team. Unless it's like part of a greater thing, like we're doing Brunson sales, right? Like we're doing all the mastermind sales for Brunson and they're a three hundred million dollar company. Yeah. So you know So is that seventh level doing that or is that not sales, sales number. It's so just a done for you sales. Right. So the distinction is like done for you sales and like pure sales consultancy. And then anything sales training is like seventh level. Mm-hmm. Right? So like if I get a lead in through the sales sniper website that's a sales training lead, like I just send it up to the guys to sell. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, because like sales sniper like, we don't want it to be big again, mm-hmm. but we want it to be profitable. Of course. So, like, we're doing a couple of good accounts at the moment, and, like, that will probably open the door to a couple of other good ones. Yeah. You know what I mean? Are you doing any of the marketing of those accounts or just the sales? Oh, we're doing the marketing for two accounts, but one is just a marketing account and one is a marketing and sales, which we've been doing for years, which is, like, cyber. We've been doing that for a long time, right? Um, and then from there, the other ones are just sales, right? So, because, like, but we can give them some good insight. Mm-hmm. So, like, for ClickFunnels, like, they're phenomenal at marketing, but they never done marketing for that. I was actually on a meeting with them today, and I was like, you guys don't see a few of these angles. And like, oh, no, we don't. And I was like, they're, like, they're, like, they're so close to it, and they've been in there for so long that they don't see some of the things that they have that no one else has. Yeah, like, yeah. I was like, why don't you guys just, like, I was like, you have access to everyone's data, right? They're like, yeah. And I was like, why don't you just, like, show them? Like, don't show the people's data, but go, like, this is what success looks like. For online fitness, your opt-in rate should be this. If it's not, come have a chat, right? So like it's like so easy. And I was like, Let's do that. Like oh yeah, you know. So because they have some really great coaching programs that teach an awful lot because they have so much insight, you know. But like the way that they're marketing that particular insight is like not super relevant to who they're trying to market it to. Mm-hmm. But it's because they're like the greatest in the world at marketing click funnels. Right. Doesn't mean that they're like so they understand it. So once you kinda of go, no no no, the customer journey needs to be this, they go, Oh yeah, sweet, boom. And they go do it. Right. Right. But it's like a totally different customer journey. Right. Someone buying click funnels versus someone buying a thirty K mastermind. Mm-hmm. It's just different, you know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. but they're like media buying and funnel building ability and ability to optimize things is phenomenal. How does ClickFunnels make money? They in every way imaginable. Yeah. So you pay a subscription to get into it. Yeah, it's like one nine seven a month. I think it's ninety seven, one nine seven, or two nine seven a month, depending on like how much access and how many different things you have and how many team members you have and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but then do they take a clip of everything that goes through the funnel? So it's just a straight. No, but they do have a payment processor, which is pretty smart. Right. So which is payments.ai. So they bought that a while ago, and it's like it uses Stripe as well, but then like. It's quite clever. So, like, uh, Stripe sucks for subscriptions. And so you get a lot of, like, it's because of the the way the coding works the banks, right? So when you get, get like, a a decline on Stripe and it says um, insufficient funds, it has nothing to do with the amount of funds. It's just Stripe trying to make you feel good like there's a reason. (laughs) They don't know the reason, right? It's just whatever... That's what the bank or that's what Stripe is told to show you. So what happens is there's like a code that goes out along with the transaction. And so the banks have an algorithm which decides that that code is legit and if they should protect their customer. It's all customer protection stuff, right? Like fucking $50. $50, you have $50. If you're a functioning fucking human, you have $50 in your, on your credit card, mm-hmm. right? Like Jesus Christ. And so um, payments.ai knows what the bank is likely to accept and then changes how that transaction looks to the bank. Yeah, right, okay. Right? So, like, Stripe is used by every scammer on the planet. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so, like, 
a Stripe transaction is immediately flagged. Right, but it's like the only fucking payment processor that makes any sense for ninety percent of businesses, right? Unless you're like the NFL, you know. And so, because I've looked into all of them, mm-hmm. and everyone claims to be cheaper, and nobody is. So you're not shitting on Stripe. Stripe no. still is the best, probably yeah, in, 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 industry in standard. Opinion, yeah, it, it 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 is the best for ninety nine percent of any business that does any sort of online transactions, right? But like Payments.ai uses Stripe and a couple of other things, and it's actually cheaper than Stripe by itself. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's quite a good way of doing it. Like we're looking into it, um, but you can only use it in ClickFunnels because mm-hmm. ClickFunnels owns it, right? So, like that's the way that they can sort of keep yeah. everything, right? But that makes sense. Um, but like it's it's a it's like supposed to increase the payment plan and sort of like acceptance rate of of that kind of stuff, and so and be better for chargebacks and shit like that. All right, one of the shit things about Stripe is you lose a char- you lose a dispute every time. Yeah. Like, no matter how much evidence, like, we've, we've submitted, like, Zoom calls with them going, like, oh, yeah, this, can't wait for it, love it, sending testimonials. Yeah. And they're like, I never logged in, I never got this, this fraud. Yeah. We're like, but here's a testimonial from the person. Oh, we don't care. Yeah. Which I get it, like, it's just not worth their effort. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, I've only had one on Stripe, and it was very clear the guy was just being a dick. Yeah. He'd consumed everything, like, it, everything. I submitted it, Way more, like enough data to get the guy it's convicted of murder. Yeah, and he just was, they just, no. Nah. If it's Mark just did not receive, you can win that one. Yeah. But if it's no, Mark it was, just fraud, you can't win. Yeah, he, it was, didn't recognize the charge. Like, and they can do it like a year and a half, two years. <laughs> it it's was a long time terrifying, man. Ter- there's some terrifying. I had a guy dispute done for you sales commissions a year later. Yeah, right. And I was like, uh, are you right, motherfucker? I called him. It yeah. was like 90 grand. Yeah. And I was like, hey, man. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. You definitely do. Like, and he turned it around? Yeah. Like, we're going to fix this, aren't we, buddy? Like, oh, yeah, sorry. He's just running out of cash. Like, yeah. You know? So, anyway. But, um, yeah, so, like, we have, you know, Brunson at the moment, which is a great account. Uh, really fun to work on. Like, that's sort of taking up in terms of done-for-you sales a lot of the time. You know what I mean? Because it's quite complex because we're, like, architecting the entire system. Right. Um, yeah, that's a feather in your cap, right? Like, doing yeah. the sales for... Click funnels. Yeah, you know, it's it's good. Like it's an interesting conundrum because it's like it's like a it's like where do you start? Mm-hmm. Because like if you did it full time like if I did it full time I could figure out how to make that business an extra hundred million. Mm-hmm. No questions asked. Mm-hmm. But it's like where do you start and how much do you do? Yeah. You know, so um, the plan is like for me to architect everything from beginning to end, mm-hmm. but we're going to start with one thing. So we started with the two CCX coaching program, which is a great program. Um, and then from there, it's like, how do we upsell them? And because the cool thing is, like, you, you join ClickFunnels, right? And then what they've done a great job is they've tried to gamified making money. And so the the point of it is like, oh, well, win a two win a two comma club award, mm-hmm. right? To win a two comma club award, you have to put a million dollars to ClickFunnels, right? Now, to get the award, you have to apply for the award. Mm-hmm. That costs money, right? Then when you accept the award, you go to Funnel Hacking Live, obviously, because you want to get the award in person, yeah. right? But you pay for that. Yeah. Then to get the plot, you, you get your photo where you yeah. don't make eye contact. Don't make eye contact. <laughs> right. You've done all that. Hey, right? Um, I, actually had a, I was talking to Ross the other day. I had a joke about that. Um, but... Um, just in case you ever saw the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure um, he's not watching. No, I'm sure he's not watching too. Um, and so, and then from there, um, yeah, then from there, like, you pay for the block. Right. Right? Now, once you get that, what's the next one, buddy? Yeah. Right? And there's a coaching program 
that's designed to help you get from like about 200k a year to the million so that you can get to two CCX and that costs like roughly 30 grand. Right. Roughly, exactly 30 grand, right? So then from there, there's the next thing, which is like in order to get to the next mastermind, you have to have won the two comma club, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so you, to buy that, it's significantly more, right? And then from there, you want to win the two CCX, which is the 10 million. Mm-hmm. So once you pay for the application, pay for the plaque or the funnel hacking, accept it, then you're, you're eligible to then go into the significantly more expensive Category Kings, which is designed to help you get to the 2CCC, okay. which is the 25 million award. Once you've won the 25 million award, you are eligible to go into Atlas, which is what I'm in, which right. is $250,000 a year, right? Nah, right? But it's honestly great. Yeah. Because the networking you get and the guest speakers that you get, like, yeah. for businesses that are at that level, it's totally worth it. Yeah, I guess that's a way to frame it, right? Because most people, certainly for me, thinking paying $250,000 a year in coaching to be accessed to a level, th- like, yeah. Pfft, no yeah. value. But it is of no value to me. Like it, it, yeah. But when you're at that level, that's incredible value. But also, like, I think people miss the trick a bit because, like, masterminds, if you have a business service, that is where you want to be. Like, that's your ad spend. It'd be like if there was, um, you know, like um, if, if like it, it'd be like if puppy schools were huge mm-hmm. and you wanted clients, mm-hmm. just join some puppy schools. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right, like an online puppy school or whatever, where you have access to five hundred people that have puppies that yeah. all want to get trained. Like, yeah, yeah, you just pull side conversations, and that's how you get people. Yeah. Right. So, like, that's one of the. What's one of the ways that I grew Sniper was I just was in masterminds. Right. Right, and so. And that's the reason why I joined Category Kings was specifically to talk to Russell. Mm-hmm. Like we wanted to get a bunch of information and like, you know, I wanted to get Jeremy on stage, which I think will still happen, mm-hmm. right? But like, you know, and there were some cool things that we learned out of it and we got to meet some cool people. But like, you know, really it was like, how can I get, get in this little world here? And we got a few clients out of it for 7th and we got a few clients out of it for, you know, we got a client out of it for Sniper and stuff like that. And so... You know, realistically, like if you're, you know, an agency that does marketing or if you're like a sales agency or if you're a like a placement agency or you're anything like that where you provide services like, yeah, you could spend $300,000 on ads or you could honestly just spend $300,000 on masterminds and you would get a far greater return. Yeah. You know, and that's how I've always looked at it. And like a lot of the people that I know that have similar businesses, like that's how they've done it. And it's just like. You're just in front of the people. And, you know, those are easy conversations. Like, I was speaking to a guy the other day, and he does, uh, like, PR. I was like, bro, what are you doing on ads? Just very much. Yeah. I was like, where are you spending on ads? Like, 20 grand a month? I was like, sweet. Cut that in half. Make it 10. Do it on Mastermind. You'll make twice the money. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you have what they want. Yeah. You're being put in the room with your own customers. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, all you got to do is, like, customers. post up testimonials. Oh, I managed to get one of my clients on the front of Forbes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to be on the front of Forbes. Yeah. Okay. No chat? Yeah. <laughs> like, easy done. You know, so they're pretty simple conversations. So there's there's definitely like multiple bits of value. And then like you can like you can pull things from people that are doing things in different industries that people in your industry aren't doing mm-hmm. and like test out if they work, mm-hmm. which I think is really good. And like there's a very there's no competition. So that's what you sell now for ClickFunnels is access to those masterminds. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> If you're a sales guy, I couldn't think of a better place to find clients. And uh... <laughs> this seems like it's so worse. Seems like you've had this conversation. I, I haven't. I never have. I was the top sales guy last month. Hey, <laughs> yeah. 
So uh, on that, so Sales Sniper churning along just is going to sit as doing what it's doing. Yeah. And it doesn't, it, we're not looking for a bunch of new clients. You're not doing any of that. No, I think like the maximum I would take on is four. Because like what I want to do is like just have like a, no infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Like we'll have like finance person and salespeople. Yeah. Like meantime, seventh level moonshot. It's, yeah. It's gone. Going like crazy. It's going well. Like it's it interesting, right? Q4 was a bit of a shitter. Um, because like there were just like some systematic things that like had compounded, uh, which I think we spoke about last time. But I kind of stepped back in. I feel like we've made some good changes, and we got a new senior VP of sales in, um, David Duncan, who like really knows his shit when it comes to this stuff. And sort of we're we're going through, and um, you know I think that like we, we sort of didn't realize as well the capacity of B two B, but like I closed very I closed very close to a million last month. Mm-hmm. Uh, not in cash. It was about three hundred in cash, but it was around nine hundred and fifty in contract value, mm-hmm. um, and like it was all mainly self-generated. I think for seventh level, it was like seven fifty or seven forty, and for ClickFunnels, it was like a couple hundred or something like that. Um, but um, the B two B for seventh level is like a huge business that we just didn't didn't know was there. Just didn't look. Yeah, you know, and the guys are closing these little piddly fucking thirty k B two B deals. And then I'm like, oh, you guys are doing this all wrong. Because, like, they just don't understand how to have that conversation. So, like, basically in December, I was like, okay, I'll figure this out. And so at the moment, like, what I'm doing is, like, I'm just figuring out how to do the B2B and how to structure all the packages. So I'm doing all the sales for it. And, like, there's tons there. I mean, like, it's just, like, there's no need for lead generation for it. There's no need for nothing. Like, there's so much available Mm -hmm. in LinkedIn, in the CRM, in our current clientele, like, and so what is it that you're offering, like specialized training for sales forces? Yeah, well, the thing is, like with businesses, um, like sales training doesn't work for 90% of businesses like that they buy for. Like they go out and they buy, you know, XYZ companies access to portals and sales training. It's like those people don't fucking do anything. Like, like, let alone salespeople. So, but what they don't know how to do, because like none of them are, realistically experienced enough in selling for enough businesses to be able to figure out how to do it for that business. But like, I'm in a unique position where I've done the business for like 75 companies, mm-hmm. ranging from industrial cleaning companies to banks, mm-hmm. right, to fitness companies and all kinds of stuff like that. So like, I just have a unique insight and I can speak CEO language, right? And so, you know, a guy has come to me with a, a guy came to me with a 40K budget and I pushed him a million. I was like, yellow. <laughs> right, it's 40K, then I got him to 250 on the call, and then I was like, fuck it, I'll pitch him a million, and then we settled at like 350. Yeah. Right? Because I was like, oh, well, I'll do it. Because I knew that we'd just knock some stuff off, and then we could you know, sort of do it that way. But it was like, I can speak the language, because the things that like businesses are terrified about is like the change management piece. Yeah. Because let's say you have 150 sales staff, and you bring in a new way of doing things, mm-hmm. and you like, Grant Cardone forced your will in and go, this is how we fucking do it, rah, and everyone drops by 10%, mm. which is inevitable, even if it's a better way of doing it. But it's new. Mm-hmm. People suck at new things. Mm-hmm. They're trepidatious. Like, they don't, you know what I mean? And so there's a hesitancy. So immediately, sales drop. Mm. So then everyone goes, no, it doesn't work. Go back to the way. Yeah. Now you're stuck with a 17-year contract, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. So it's like, okay. You know, and so for me, like, the thing is, you know, and people buy keynotes, right? I was on the phone to a guy the other day, um, big franchise over in the U.S., like 
big franchise, and they wanted a keynote. And what do you mean a keynote? So they wanted Jeremy to come out and speak. Okay. And I was like, okay. And then you sort of get around as to why they want that, and that's how they do their sales training. Right. And I was like, you ever, um, you ever like do a belly flop in a pool? He was like, huh? And I was like, yeah, you ever do a belly flop? He was like, yeah. And I was like, you know, it's like a big giant splash and things go everywhere. You look two minutes later and the pool's perfectly still. I was like, that's kind of like what yeah. you guys do. Yeah. It's kind of like a keynote. I was like, it's fun and we'll for sure do it. Yeah. But what do you really want out of this? And from there, it was like, basically, they want their team to be better. Like, be better. And yeah. I was like, well, the adaptation 30 days later, they're going to retain about 15% of it. And then 90 days later, it's around 4%. That's what the data shows. So the keynote could be a great way to kick off. Yeah, develop trust, make them like Jeremy, be impressed by him, get them like, I want to hear more from this guy. And that's how we generally do it when we do a big B2B deal. He flies out and does the rah, and he's the best at it, right? And then from there... Don't worry, I've got you. Yeah, and then from there, I architect the... Like the rollout of it, mm-hmm. and then like I know there's two different ways to make, make more sales. It's like there's process and activity, and there's skill. The skill takes the full year. The process and activity we can fix day one. Mm-hmm. So let me figure out what you really suck at. Fix that first. Mm-hmm. Get them asking for referrals, doing follow-ups, handling objections, and then we're good to go. Mm-hmm. You've ordered, you've gone a thirty percent uplift. Now you think I'm a genius, and now I've got twelve months to ingratiate these guys into NDPQ slowly but surely, so they don't actually shit the bed. Mm-hmm. Right, so we all write out like five different versions of their script. Mm-hmm. It's like this is Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4, mm-hmm. you know. And then like I have like a whole adaptation and uptake and like assimilation phase thing, and I have a whole like secret shopping thing that we do, and like a three-year, like um, three-year thing. You know what I mean? So yes. like it, it it's so like it, it's it's built for like. The business owner to go, oh, you thought about this. You mentioned this last week, you do secret shopping. So what you have, uh, people enter the funnel unbeknownst to yeah. them. and then provide reports. Yeah, and, and give that client journey all the way through from entering the funnel to purchase and, yeah. like, report on that. Yeah. And, and do you just and give certain it. objections, like give a partner, how did they handle it? Give yeah. money, how did they handle it? Did they do what we said? Yeah. Uh, ask for price at the top. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm just super busy today. Can you just let me know how this works? And the guy folds straight away. It's like, mm. Mm-hmm. Right? So just note it down. Yeah. Okay, cool. Then provide the report to the management. And then right. we have like a monthly management meeting where we go over stuff. Yeah. We, go, we talk about the secret shoppers. We talk about what's going on. We look at the data and we make small adjustments. Mm-hmm. You know, so over the course of the year, like they'll, they'll do really well. But if I just give them portals, like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there's no telling whether people even watch it. That's one of the things with I've always thought, yeah. like, even with my own stuff, when people say I want a qualification or, like, can you give me some sort of certification? I'm like, hey, man, I don't even know whether you watch the content. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and all the sort of online quizzes, they're good for sort of checking that you, you are following along. But I'm not yeah. putting my name to anything from the quiz yeah. that goes to that because you, you could hit play and walk away. And like, yeah, and if you want to do a quiz properly, like, then it's like, all right, cool. Well, then, like, you can fail. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah, if you want to pass, you also have to have the risk of a fail. Exactly. So yeah. it's like, are you cool with that? Because it's two ninety seven for a reset. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. are you cool with this? Yeah. You know, a certificate of buying, I can give you that. Yeah. A receipt, yeah. <laughs> I can make a pretty receipt for of you. Attendance. Yeah. <laughs> give yeah. you a blue ribbon. Um, yeah, like you know, we we've had the same thing. Uh, you know, so it's like, you know, with like with the platform that we have at the moment, like you can check all that. 
Um, and the way that we do it, like there's a managerial portal to log in, but like, you know. Again, same deal, you're checking you're just, that the video played. That doesn't mean you weren't sitting there scrolling your phone or that you were somewhere else letting it play. Yeah, we're not putting like, you know, the cursor or the eye trackers and stuff like that in there like this, you know. So, yeah, like it's 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 sort of interesting, but the B2B stuff is, is really cool. So I actually have my own setter now and I taught her how to like hunt the CRM. We still get a daily inquiry for Sales Sniper. Yeah, right. Right, so she was reaching out, booking them in. Um, speaking of the reps and like I was just like guys if you get B2B deals like send them to me I'll give you some comms it's fine Mm -hmm. but like stop selling these stupid 30k for the year 10 portals like just sell them 500 circles Mm -hmm. or 5 you know sell them a discounted rate for 10 3.0 like they'll get a far better result Mm -hmm. if if you do if you just do that like hey spend 50 instead of 30 and your guys will actually get a result do you want to do that Mm -hmm. it's like well yeah okay cool that's what I thought right Um, and then we're doing what we do best, which is like actually coaching people, you know? So, but if you have a big business, like, you know, well, like sort of what I tell them is like, I'll do things the way that I think it needs to be done. If you can't afford it, that's not my problem. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're, if you're too cheap, like if you want to get a $5 million uplift and you're not going to spend 400 grand, mm-hmm. like you're an idiot. Yeah. Like I don't have any time for that. I, I think that that's a luxury, uh, of like, mm-hmm. you not compromising on your own, uh, standards that yeah. you can now afford. Right? Well, but it's but it's also like it, like I told ClickFunnels the same thing because they wanted us to train their guys, and I was like, I was like this the like train them to do what? I was like train guys that have been doing sales here for ten years how to do sales better. I was like, it's not going to work. Yeah, they'll just hate me. Yeah, you know, um, you're the latest conqueror. Yeah, and they all quit. Yeah, right. All of them. That go. I was. I mean, I didn't care. <laughs> I mean, like the reason why they quit is because like we put in a lot of transparency, right? And uh, like, I don't get upset. So the, if the mo is like gaslight until someone gets upset, and I just have a lot of authority in sales, like I can walk the walk and talk the talk. So like I know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. um, and I'm just like whatever, man. So you know, they're nice guys. I wish them all the best, but. Yeah, they certainly said some fit. horrible things to me. <laughs> but whatever. People like people create the narrative that makes their world make sense. Yeah. And that's that's cool. Like, you know, they're really good dudes, so whatever. I think if there's one thing I know about you, <laughs> it's that what people have what people think and feel about you is, is not of concern to you though. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. Like, whereas I get like, oh no, oh, no. not everybody likes me. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, people like me. Oh, people hate my guts. It, it's the same. I think the thing is though, like when you fire people, like you, you, you real, I realized it like when when I started like having to fire people, like because I had like three or four talks to them, and then you fire them, and like they are shitting the bed, admitting they're shitting the bed, doing a terrible job, barely trying. Fucking everybody else around, admitting it, and then all of a sudden, I'm the bad guy. Yeah. It's like, well, mate, like, all right. Like, if that's what makes you happy, I'm in. Like, yeah. high five. Make me the bad guy. It's fine. Like, I'm cool. It doesn't matter. So, like, you start seeing that, and you go, like, oh, it's not reality. It's just, like, what they choose to feel because yeah. it makes them feel good. And if that's the case, then, like, 
make, make, make me the bad guy. A few months ago, I went deep down the rabbit hole on like perception versus reality yeah. and the narrative. Like, like most of what you say is bullshit. Like everybody, not you. Like yeah, yeah. most of oh, the damn. words that come yeah. out of your mouth <laughs> are total bullshit. And when you really think about, wait, did that happen that way? Like when you really try and tear it apart, yeah. it's very hard. I've stopped almost completely... Um, talking about anything from army. So, like, I've been out eight years now. I don't remember. I'm pretty yeah. sure I think things that you've told me. Yeah, well, I, I did. I'm see, pretty sure. Is, I the can't. Thing. There's a couple of stories I could not hand on heart say I did or didn't do. Yeah, exactly. And so I think layer the fact that you're on Doxy the whole time you're deployed, so, like, it kill or you should be, or yeah. for a period you are. Yeah. So you, you've killed I had access to the penthrane. Yep. <laughs> you've killed all your gut microbiome, right? Yeah. So Which feeds your brain. Yeah, so you're in a weird state, and you're taking... So that same medication is giving you lucid dreams, right? Oh, yeah, so, yeah, that. yeah, so dreams that are very difficult, even when you wake up, immediately after to distinguish whether it was a dream or reality, right? Did you ever get any of those on Doxy? Lucid dreams. Yeah, yeah I did big time in Timor because we took a shitload of it in Timor. Dude, I, I, within the first week it, overseas, we got mortared and I was having a dream that I was at sure. Disney. Yeah, no, well, this is the thing. I was having a dream at the time that I was at Disneyland yeah. and uh, watching DVDs. It was so real. And then I'm like, Woken up by an explosion. Which one's real? Man, I could not put together how I teleported from Disneyland to a war zone. <laughs> and it took me longer than I cared to admit to sort of like yeah. come to action because I wasn't there. But so between the the false memories you created at the time versus it's so long ago and the way that memory works every time you tell a story it gets different. And then you like we might have a shared experience when you give your version of it, it's slightly different to my version, then your version becomes my version. Now, even if you were telling 100% your truth, your perception at the time was different to mine. And so I don't know what's real anymore. (laughs) So I barely talk. Like when people ask me anything specifics about stuff, I'm like, hey, take this with a grain. Like this is how I remember it, but this might be totally bullshit. Yeah, and then people try and like, if you say something to call you out, you're lying. It's like, mate, fuck it, dude. I got no idea what the fuck happened. Like half the things you just sort of forget yeah and then someone tells a story and you're like oh yeah They're like yeah. yeah you were there i was like oh yeah yeah but now i remember that as how you've said it yeah exactly. and i'm remembering my bits that i can remember but i'm now seeing it from how you did it yeah so now i am you yeah so right? yeah, it gets and if i've been scary. in a similar circumstance i'm going to amalgamate all of the pictures together and yeah. make a movie out of it yeah but it could be totally different thing totally so it gets a bit scary because then people go like oh that's not what happened you're full of shit and you're like okay like i don't care <laughs> yeah but i don't like but also i don't care yeah, whatever. short of it being someone who was with me and going hey man that's not how i remember i might be like oh okay like how do you specifically but when I was like hey, that's not how you told the story last time You're like, oh, I don't give a fuck mate yeah like, just mate I'm 40 I'm fucking I don't know what's going on I have a significant amount of head trauma yeah. <laughs> those yeah. yeah although the stories might not be accurate the same way I talk about the way I get those head traumas they fucking happen yeah I right? definitely uh, so, I definitely got knocked the fuck out if, a few times if I leave out a detail or add a detail Fuck you, yeah. right? Like that's life. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's it's um it's a it's a weird aliens, bro. <laughs> that's where we're going on this. Bro. We should turn this into the aliens podcast. What do you think? Where where are we at? Oh, I mean, I think they've been here for a long time. Maybe we're the aliens. So have you seen that? Nah. That Mars? No. Nah. So one of the theories floating around is that, like, 
So I think, is it xenon, which is a thing, which is an element that we only found when we started doing nukes, okay. is very heavily present on Mars. Okay. Right? And so... so nuke the whole place. Well, they think that, like, that we are the aliens, mm-hmm. that we came from Mars, mm-hmm. right? And then, like, you know, sort of, uh, because we fucking got super advanced over on Mars and then nuked the shit out of Mars, mm-hmm. and then we were, like, the super rich that came down. Mm-hmm. Whatever, which checks out. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's obviously all these theories are crazy. Like, not crazy, but like, there's no way to sort of prove or disprove at the moment. But I think like 2024 is the year of the alien. Yeah. And I think this is the year that we all have to come that we're either living simultaneously in the same space as four dimensional beings and they can pop in and out. And that's what aliens are. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. And they don't give a fuck about us. They just want to make sure we don't nuke them because the nuking can tear time yeah, and space and fabric so they're just going to stop us from nuking the fucking world like we might have done on mars right <laughs> right 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 and they're going to be like time the fuck out people so hard pivot from sales sniper at seventh level yeah but Needless probably say, probably more interesting i have a pretty prepped out fucking <laughs> spare vehicle no I, I, I hope i go in the first wave i don't like I as i was discussing this with my wife last night like everybody else, think that 2024 is the year of the end, and what I don't want to do is survive for six weeks in a shitty situation. <laughs> yeah. I want, I want out. Yeah, I don't right. think it's the end. I think this is the year that we 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 learn some shit. Yeah, that well, things aren't quite as what they seem. Yeah, but like, it's always been that way. Yeah, and it, and it's just like, oh, yeah, and then. All of a sudden, we're just going to see people appear because the appearing is the interesting part. But I don't think it. I don't think it's going to work because I don't think there'll be the answer that we want. Because I think that I think that you're. I agree with you entirely that we share this space with something else. And like, for example, I was watching a, with the kids the other day. I was watching a, a show on Netflix about like the history of Earth in general, right? So, like a cuttlefish, for example, has existed in its current form for more than 440 million years, right? It's been the same thing for 440 million years. And even prior to life getting out of the water, there were two mass extinction events where 85% of things alive died. So, to think that something existed 440 million years ago that survived and has evolved beyond something we can possibly perceive. Like, that makes total sense to me. Makes total sense. Totally plausible, considering our... But there's a dinosaur that's still alive, you know that? Which one? There's a little teeny tiny one. That was um, around the same time as a dinosaur. No, it, it is a fully blown dinosaur. Yeah, right. They're like, and like they've evolved sort of into something else now, like sort of like a chickeny like thing. Yeah, yeah. But it is a fucking dinosaur. Yeah, yeah. And they made the adaptation of being able to eat seeds. Yeah, right. And yeah. so when there was the mass extinction event, they flourished because there were seeds everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I can't, I'll find you the name, but it was like, yeah. I was, it was watching this thing the other day and it was like all these extinct dinosaurs and it was like that one didn't have an extinct next to it and someone sort of extrapolated and explained. Those motherfuckers are still around. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. Well, so I, I totally buy it. And, and, and so I think that something that has been around way longer than us has evolved in a, on a totally different branch plan to something we can't even understand. Yeah. And so... But the four-dimensional stuff makes sense because, like, if you look at what a a ball would look like in two dimensions. It would just be a circle that gets bigger and then yeah. smaller. That's it, right? Yeah. And so we can't perceive the fourth, fourth dimension. No, and there's we approximately... But we're, but we're stuck moving at the speed of light. And so yeah. we're, we're moving through it at a constant rate. And maybe something can move through it as easily as you and I move through space. It can move through time. And also, like, when you think of time, how 
smaller segments do you think time can be broken into? Well, I don't th- I don't know if is time the fourth dimension or are they talking about like there's like... The, yeah, well, they, this is what the thing, so they don't know, right? Uh, we have fucking two dickheads yeah. that talk about Well, that. I know is that I saw a video of a couple of aliens appeared out of nowhere in Miami. <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, well, the Miami one, I don't believe. But I think in general... <laughs> I think that was a Epstein Island fucking yeah. break. Look over here, don't look over there. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. If you really want to go full conspiracy theorist, maybe the whole alien thing's we're going to go on a fake space war with something on the dark side of the moon that I mean, we can never prove is there. Space Force is a thing. Well, but the Space Force, that's one of the funniest things. When people, especially when old Trumpy was like, I'm going to start a Space Force, people were like, you're an idiot. You go, actually, motherfucker, some of the most important critical infrastructure is floating around in space yeah. with no one protecting it. Yeah, yeah. So, well, the satellite infrastructure. Yeah. So yeah. it kind of makes sense to me that oh, you would sure. establish a group that protects that shit and oh, its interests. Yeah. Right? Not from aliens, yeah. but from other people. Well, you're going to go even deeper. Why is the South Pole the only place that everyone agrees <laughs> That makes no fucking sense. The whole world makes no sense. You know, it's really interesting. I think, like, for me, the whole veil of, like, believing anything that we're told came crashing down during COVID. 100%. Because, like, the whole thing 100%. was fucking, you know, 100%. it all comes out now. Oh, none of that shit was really... And we knew all along. It was all bullshit. Yeah, it's like, oh, sorry. We just kind of fucked you around. We made a couple hundred billion. Yeah pretty happy with that and we're yeah. just like jesus christ guys like we fucking crucified people yeah for not taking a jab which they probably shouldn't have taken <laughs> like you yeah. fucking crazy like what's happening here so as soon as that all happened and then everyone's like oh that doesn't exist and then like alex jones is like they're pedophile and they're like ah shut up alex you know what you're talking about I'm like oh shit it's pedophile Island. yeah it's like oh yeah well that's unfortunate <laughs> turns out jason momoa went there that's fucking even more unfortunate you have to be careful to, like... Plenty of people, I think, probably went to Epstein Island and he goes, hey, want to fuck this chicken? They go, no. Yeah. Like, th- just because they went there doesn't yeah. mean that they were they did the thing. Yeah. If they went back plenty of times, then yeah. I'd say that's probably the, fair at that point. Yeah. But one of the interesting things is, like, Andre 3000? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, so that's the same thing. I heard that they were like, hey... You want to be, like, part of one of us? Yeah. And he's like, nah. <laughs> and they're like, okay, but we'll destroy you. You'll disappear. And he's like, au revoir. Yeah. <laughs> I got money, whatever. Yeah, I got enough. Yeah. I reckon that whole world is they kind of make you, they kind of make you initiate, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because, like, if you have a look at, like, uh, you know, what Mark Wahlberg and that other guy, who's that guy, Cavill, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, like, they're full righteous against, like, the sex trafficking and yeah. speaking out very hard against... Yeah, and they've had some pretty heavy impacts on their career. Yeah, and also, like, the fact that that movie, was it Spoken Freedom or whatever it was? Sound of Freedom. Just got, like, mate, they ghosted that fucking movie. And it's a true story. Yeah, I've seen that. That dude took down a pedophile by himself. Yeah, have you seen it? No, you can't see it. Yeah, I haven't seen it. You can't fucking see it. Like, um, Like, it was just bizarro. Like, I mean, huge production team, lots of big stars, and it was like every single place just refused to pick it up. And you're like... What is happening? Yeah, it feels like stopping people fucking kids is something that we could all probably get behind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's it's a so when someone's like, I don't want, I don't want, <laughs> I don't support stopping child sex trafficking. We're like, like I, I feel like that's something we can all agree on. Yeah, I don't, I don't so care about your politics beyond stopping that. Yeah. I think that's pretty, yeah. like, I, I think that's one we can agree on. I agree. It's a strange time. Yeah. You know, the world is weird, I think, uh, you know. But I think hopefully aliens bring us back into alignment. I, I think to f- wrap up, mm-hmm. I think that we can't understand them. And, and every time that I talk to anyone about, like, I think that they're a different thing and people say, why haven't they spoken to us? I'm like, do you, do, do you speak to ants? Yeah, do you feel compelled yeah. to explain yourself to ants? It'd be a similar thing. They're just like, 
problem. But then you're right, the nuclear thing, they're like, oh shit, these guys might rip open a black hole that we also will get sucked into. Yeah. So, like, actually, well, also, it's like, you know, like we watch orangutans in the wild and we go, oh, yeah, that's cool. And there's a couple people looking after them, like, as there obviously fucking is. Yeah. Right? Over here, like, we have some sort of agreement going on with, like, all the Lockheed Martin contracts and the mm-hmm. UFO, all that kind of shit, right? But if they picked up a fucking wrench and started making a car, yeah. you'd be very interested. Yeah. You'd be like, what the fuck's going on over there? Yeah. <laughs> like, everyone would be like, huh, we got to watch out for these fucking monkeys. Yeah. You know, because, like, what's next? Like, they're evolving into the next thing. And, yeah. if, and if we're evolving as a civil, because maybe evolution is no longer physical, maybe it's, like, just technological, right? So... Who knows? Who knows? But anyway, I'm doing the sales for ClickFunnels. So. <laughs> All right. It's a podcast in two parts. We're trying to make the time each week to do it. We can either talk about business and stuff that you do, or we can talk nonsense. You let us know in the little, comments. A little bit of column A. We'll do whatever we're we just, just do whatever we Get those views. Goodbye. Bye.